Hi everyone and welcome to this next episode of the Full Picture and Business and Property Secrets. Uh, again, we've got Alex here talking about crypto. Um, and if you watched uh, or listened to the first episode, the first episode we started looking at protection, protection, protection. Um, what is crypto? So the basic psychology, trade plans, uh, a bit of storage, but also um, breaking the myths uh, and allowing you to understand it a little bit more. Alex has been in there for a while. So thanks for coming again, Alex. Really appreciate it. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here again. Hope uh, your listeners enjoyed the first episode and anybody that's listened in from the first one to this, uh, we aim to not disappoint. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. And um, uh, and this time, uh, it looks like we've got a James Bond villain uh, with a cat sat on his uh, lap. Uh, but this time we're going to be talking about crypto demystified uh, areas, the um, Mr. Wigglesworth or whatever they call them. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, babe, that's Cora. She's the, we've got two cats that are internal, as in they're Bengals, the Bengals, mother and son, we got them during COVID in lockdown. I oh, look, she's off my lap now. And uh, yeah, she we're talking about her, that's why. Yeah, like she runs a house, basically. It's ridiculous. She's she's like a furry little sociopath. It's incredible. <laughs> but she's not allowed out, bless her. So obviously she gets her way most of the time. Yeah. We, take, we, take, we actually walk them on leads. But obviously when we got them, they're actually fully grown. So we inherited them, so to speak, adopted them. So they do get walked in the back garden and what have you. And yeah, high maintenance, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's probably why you need crypto stuff to keep up with them. Um, so this time it's going, we're going to talk about the crypto demystified, aren't we? And we're going to break down a bit of the history, major players, NFTs and sort of the gaming platforms. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, again, it's it's sort of breaking it down so people can understand it and make, a, make an informed decision and really understand it. Because it's nothing more annoying than somebody just coming onto your social media saying, hey there, how are you? Oh, I do crypto. Come and do come and do this crypto with me when you know nothing about them and really relatively little about crypto. So thank you, Alex, for coming on and for adding this value to everybody and allowing them to understand. So um, should we jump straight in? Crypto demystified? Yeah, great. So obviously in the last episode, we talked about the importance of protection, um, setting your computer up correctly and obviously working from a trade plan rather than firing from the hip. And in this week is just to try and demystify crypto. And how we do that is basically every single, so how do people build rapport and how do people get to understand one another is language. So for example, I now speak fluent Spanish. And when you can speak another language, there's a whole world of opportunity open to you that wasn't before. So it's no different with crypto. Crypto's got its own language. Some of the things people would have heard of like HODL, RECT, You've got all of these different slang terms and and you know uh, languages. So basically, to give you a bit of a background for those that aren't really aware, I mean, I'm fairly sure most people have heard of Bitcoin, but the simple history is crypto's now roughly 14 years old. Um, in 2009, as a pseudo anonymous person or group of people known as Satoshi Nakamoto released the what has now became famously known as the Bitcoin white paper which was basically, and it's actually so incredible, the person that's created it. That it's, it's always amazing when you see something that's been created after the fact, the best inventions in the world seem obvious. So simply put, they came up with a way to interact with anyone in the world, pass a store of value that took away the need for a trusted intermediary, which is what obviously banks serve the purpose of at the moment, and removed the double spend or the risk of the double spend. 
So for anyone that doesn't know what that is, the double spend is if you send, for example, a wire transfer from a bank, the bank can, if it wants, pull it back. For whatever reason, they've got the ability to pull it back. So what was so incredible about the creation of Bitcoin was this was the first time in history where someone had managed to find a digital store of value that purely down to the, that built into the mathematical code of it, it, you didn't need a trusted intermediary. So therefore it's peer to peer and you can't take it back when you've sent it. So even though it wasn't on my radar then, now when I look back, it's like, it's still incredible that someone could create that. Yeah. It's phenomenal for them to have the foresight really and to understand it and recognize there's a need in the world just to, to pass this money around. I will add that it came in the wake of the 2009 worldwide recession when, you know, like Lehman Brothers went down owing 613 billion, I believe it was, um, which is ironic because when the FTX scandal happened, I'm not sure we touched on this last time or not, but that was like um, a tenth of that, you know, so just goes to show how ultimately I'm not, look, I'm um, I'm not an evangelist, which is someone who's live and die crypto. I am passionate about it. And I do believe that it's the future. It's certainly a wave of digital money in it. But simply put, for me, it's an asset to move your money from A to Z. And when it no longer works for me, I'll look for the next one. But yeah, basically, at the moment, I don't see anything else that compares to cryptocurrency as far as return on investment. Um, and the kind of massive life, life-changing wealth you can make. Well, it certainly seems like the um, the next revolution. It, you can see it coming as the next revolution. If not, you can already classify it as the next revolution. Um, I think there's a it it can only ever grow into various different things and adapt and change. Um, but going back to the FTX thing, so the FTX was a bit of a collapse, a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, it didn't actually affect me because FTX was an American exchange, which was founded by a group of what you can only describe as like ex-Harvard kind of um, wealthy blue class children with extremely well-connected parents. And, you know, as it unraveled, they were just like a bunch of imbeciles running this multi-billion dollar behemoth. And... I didn't actually have a trading account with FTX because I've been in the game since 2016 and I've now got like my four or five ways of trading or exchanges. So I didn't need it. So it didn't affect me in the slightest. Um, a lot of people from North America and around the world that had opened an account with FTX were affected. So it didn't affect me. Obviously it affected the trading community when the market sold off. But again, as I touched on, Previously, when you understand the narratives and how to play it, that can be uh, a benefit because, you know, if you're able to short the market when it drops or otherwise, for me, all it does is help bring the prices down towards my optimum entry levels, which is part of my trade plan, you know, that we touched on in the first episode. So, yeah, I mean, simply put, you had a guy called Sam Bankman-Fried and a couple of other people whose names, you know, I forget right now, and they raised billions of dollars and they were basically buying every single they were basically investing into most of the crypto companies out there and yeah it, it affected a lot of people and, and ultimately what you had was is a group of very young individuals without the emotional intelligence that were running something that grew so big it, was, it outgrew their ability to manage it and yeah i mean that's all i can say on the matter really 
it was very quick as well how it happened as well that they they grew that company at a phenomenal rate so maybe it did grow too quick for them as well yeah so i mean but basically on the topic of these these kind of well let's say scandals every business industry has them especially one that's a new one a disruptive industry i'm fairly sure that in two, in the dot com boom there would have been some stories back then and in fact, I believe that what we're going through with crypto now is the creation of what in the future will be another version of the dot-com boom. So, for example, the FANG stops, stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, they're all household names now. So the same way that within my trade plan, I've got blueprint coins that I believe will be household names in the future. So us early adopters and even if you got into crypto right now or tomorrow and you've never invested before you're still very early most people can't get their head around that but i was updating my trade plan earlier and some of my coins like my blue chip coins are like 90 percent down from their all-time high so again like you get in now you're just laughing which is what i really urge people to get their head around is your opportunity if you're listening is that you make your money when you create your portfolio in the bear market, not when everyone on television and every man and his dog, especially the taxi driver, is saying, oh, have you heard about this Ethereum? That's when you need to get out and sell and take profits. Yeah, definitely. As soon as the taxi driver or the hairdresser tells you. Uh, but I suppose you don't go to the hairdresser anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for putting that out. That's uh, that's bad of me. Yeah. Uh, for those listening on the podcast, um, uh, Alex is... Oh. Uh, follically challenged, I think the the term is, isn't it? Alex? Yeah. yeah, deliberately now though. I shaved it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so going back to the early adopters, um, I do like the story of the early adopter and the guy that paid for his pizza with with some uh, Bitcoin. Ten thousand Bitcoin. Oh. Ten thousand Bitcoin, which I think uh, we, we we touched over this in a previous discussion, was about about forty dollars. So right? back then was yeah, back then was something crazy like forty-seven dollars, and obviously now ten thousand times the market rate now be twenty-eight million, and at its all-time high, just under seventy million dollars, which is absolutely crazy. So I'm glad you're here because helping <laughs> people out and helping people within crypto make them understand what crypto is. We, we touched on a bit of the coins earlier. We're going to touch on them later with the major players. Uh, when once you understand that and understand that there is a system and you can understand that system. It makes it far better, doesn't it? For people to, to make money and rather makes silly decisions. You stick with it and you can understand where you can make the killing. Yeah. So like anything, as far as, um, as far as investing is concerned, and obviously I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not giving anybody financial advice, but you like anything, it doesn't take long to learn the basics of the space you know, you can go on CoinMarketCap or CoinGecko, which I prefer. Uh, CoinGecko, like the lizard.com. Very simple. Look at the top 10. Click click on their websites and stuff and, and learn about them. But simply put, the, like some of the major players in the space is obviously most of the people out there would have heard of Ethereum, um, invented by Vitalik Buterin. And it was the first smart contracts platform that every other altcoin pretty much was built on especially in 2017 and then you've got names like ripple which is the banker coin um a lot of people like hate it like the evangelists and the purists don't like it because it's supposed to go against everything bitcoin stands for but again like i said i'm i'm a realist so you can't you, you'd be foolish to think that you could stop 
um, industries and institutions with billions and billions of dollars from getting into any asset class. So, like again, Ripple's one of those coins that it when it when the market the bull market returns, it will probably pump massively. Um, they they just had a case against the SEC. I think they won it, but really it's still kind of a bit murky. Like you can look online and you never really know what the situation is, but. Um, they're like the main, and then the main players. Then you've got another one called Cardano, um, which is a, another great coin. Which Cardano, so a lot of the creators of these coins. So Cardano was founded by someone called Charles Hoskinson, who was also one of the original members of the original Ethereum team, I believe. And then you've got another major powerful coin called Polkadot by Gavin Wood. So a lot of these people all knew each other, began, and then obviously what happens is they, you know, they um, splinter, break off, and change their mind as to what they want to do and they created their own coins. So um they're some of the major players in the in the space at the moment. And the names I've mentioned I think will all be household names in the future until a contender comes along and replaces them. So let's time stamp it now so people can understand what where we're talking. Um so when you talk about things are still murky, it is the 7th of June 2023. So we're just relating on uh, current affairs from that date for that. Um, things might go forward if you're watching, if you're listening or watching this at a later episode, or sorry, a later date. Um, but I think majority of things, because what we're talking about here is foundational stuff, will remain, uh, remain the same. Um, <clears throat> so the major players, uh, we talked about that, and then we talked about what's XRP and ADA. What 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 did they mean? So XRP was Ripple, as I was referring to yeah. earlier. So so obviously. What every single coin, just like a stock, has got like a ticker symbol. So Ripple, R-I-P-P-L-E is the company, Ripple Labs, and their coin's ticker symbol is XRP. So this is why you'll hear XRP, XRP, and what have you. Ethereum's ticker symbol is ETH, Bitcoin is BTC, and Cardano is ADA. So my head is full up with all of these acronyms and their price action. I know they're all-time high their market price now. And this is what my head is full of. So this is what you're talking about with the language, the language. So, you know, you go into a room and, and, and someone will be saying, oh, are you, are you like, are you long ADA or what's your thoughts on XRP? And that's how most people will tend to refer to. Well, to I'll, I'll um, probably make you cringe um, by trying to say these, but there's like the different narratives, like we mentioned, is it DeFi or DeFi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, spot on. So basically, Crypto is all about the narratives and what you need to do is the, the the number one piece of advice I'd give anyone is if you want to make money in crypto, then you need to just do some minor research and find out what the primary narratives are. So, for example, there's a number of different narratives in no particular order. So you've got like your meme coins. So Doge is a meme coin. And literally what that means is, is that the coin actually doesn't really serve a purpose. It doesn't. Like most of the, the powerful long-term cryptos that I invest in have got utility and a use case. So they serve a purpose. They're there for a reason. So, for example, Bitcoin is a digital gold, a store of value, first mover advantage, and now is proven to be a store of wealth, actually more, more valuable than gold. Gold, whilst I actually do, um, I want to say I believe and trust Robert Kiyosaki and Mike Maloney's opinions on gold and silver, but... I've been long physical silver for ages and it's just so heavily suppressed the prices that you just don't make any money with it. Whereas Bitcoin is still the number one best performing asset of the last 10 years. So 
what I'm saying is, is that the best cryptos serve a purpose, but that you still get these other narratives. So we're talking about meme coins where they can pump. And it's one of those things, like I say to my sons, don't try and understand it. Just accept that other people like it. And the fact that they like it can move the price. So some people were lucky. They bought Doge. And then for whatever reason, Elon Musk decided to tweet about it. And the price the price flew through the roof. Yeah. And I think that made it a people, household name, didn't it, as well? Yeah, but one of the that. things that, so for example, I say like Doge has got no purpose. Actually, there is a purpose, but it's quite, a, it's a more of a complicated one. A lot of traders use it because there's a lot of liquidity. Intelligent traders, this is one you might want to take a note of. This is some high level insight here. But basically a lot of um, wealthy traders can offload large amounts of their, so let's say, for example, you've got a whale that wants to sell 10, 20, 30, 50, even 100 or 1,000 Bitcoin. There's a lot of liquidity in Doge, so they can, without moving the market too much, they can offload their profits. So what they'll do is that they're basically using Doge as a vehicle to take profits in another coin like Bitcoin. Basically, that's one of the. So there's a that's one of the reasons I've been told that it's got a lot of liquidity, which means there's a lot of trading volume and there's a lot of money in it, and it's got a big community and it's got a big market cap. But then you'll get so another narrative, for example, is NFTs, non fungible tokens. Um, simply put, just think of them as like digital pieces of artwork or digital intellectual property. And 100%, there is a need and there will be a, a future requirement and a, and a demand for NFTs, especially like professional sportsmen, rappers like Snoop Dogg, Michael Jordan. Think of people that, you know, that, that would want to produce some form of digital artwork, whether you like it or not, other people do. I mean, you've you've got these crazy examples of cypherpunks um, that have like these little tiny JPEGs that have sold for like millions of dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. So therefore, the problem with NFTs is is top tip here. NFTs is an area rife with scammers, and what I mean by scammers is, whereas you would have had your boiler room people in the past that basically would jump on the telephone and they had some kind of a scam that they would sell you timeshares or whatever the hell it was. Now, these people have leveled up. So they're, they're seeing that, ah, the NFT world is a minefield of opportunity where you can basically create something that looks good on paper, but the exit strategy for the company is the rug pull. It means they're going to pull the rug out from under your feet and they're not going to deliver. So that's so it's like anything. When you study it and when, you, when you're involved and educated, it's quite easy to avoid. To me, I've I've not that I have actually been scammed. Tell a lie in the past in 2017, I've made mistakes, so I can't say I haven't been scammed. But therefore, because of that, now I'm more wiser and I know really the kind of telltale signs to look for. So I'm actually because there's so many opportunities to make to like 20 to 50 extra money. I just stick to what I know, and I don't actually like NFTs. I don't fully get them, so I pretty much steer clear of them. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very skeptical of NFTs. I've heard a lot of bad things. I have seen people get like what you said scammed. So they bought things at a certain price, and they're not actually what they thought they were buying, and they're no longer the price that they bought them for. And I think they've lost tens of thousands, and that's quite a lot. Yeah. So, so I like I like to look at the risk of things like what you do. Uh, quantify things, understand things, um, and and I, I know the the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. But also, when I look at crypto, 
I do fancy crypto on it and it looks pretty good uh, compared to when you're looking at NFTs. So I must agree with you. I think like anything, um, Gaz, it's who you know, right? So yeah. we met through the property world. So because of that, we pick each other's brains on things and we trust one another's counsel. So it's that simple, really. It's just, you know, it's, it's just like anything. So a narrative, like the narratives that people really should pay attention to, especially for the next bull run, is DeFi, Web 3.0, and gaming and metaverse. They're going to be huge narratives. So, but again, you can overinvest. You don't really need to be in any more than five to 10 coins. The thing is, is it's always difficult, this one, because when I've overinvested in the past, I've overtraded and given money back to the markets. Whereas you could just have four to five, look, they're off, the cats are fine. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> you could just be in four to five solid coins and you could put more into them. It's easier to manage it and you can make more. But the only problem is, is you cannot, with crypto, it is still the wild, wild west right now. We're getting better. There's less volatility actually in, in some of the blue chips I look at. But basically, you can't have the massive upside potential without the downside risk. So what that means is, is that there could be a coin that's really solid right now. And there can be some kind of legislation rule change or something that comes out and then they're, they're, they're gone. But if you look at it, it's not many. So like anything, yeah, negative news sells not good news. People always blow things out of proportion. But the reality is, is when you get educated, there's a good 50 to 100 coins that have stood the test of the last three bull runs. And so far, they're not going anywhere. So like anything, a bit like a like a like a, a like a, a team of warriors or soldiers. Each time there's a war, the weaker soldiers get killed and then you end up with the veterans on the finishing line that have survived. And, you know, they're the ones that are your core winners. So you have to look at crypto like that. Um, there's coins that are in the top 10 now that weren't in it before. And there's coins that aren't in the top 10 now that are in the top 20, top 50. So it changes, but there's plenty of opportunity out there. You just need to get educated. That's the, the best advice I'd give. I think that's the bottom line, really, with anything. Get educated, understand what you're doing, because then you can do the due diligence and invest in the correct coins, the ones that you've, you've checked out, you understand that they're going in a certain direction, they're backed by the right people and so on. So that's really good. That's really good. I think just going back over things, we've, we've talked about the NFTs, um, metaverse and, and gaming. I think, do you want to go over metaverse and gaming a little bit more? Yeah. So I've actually just recently started working with a mentor overseas. That's an expert in metaverse and gaming because I knew I'm very, what I'm very good at doing is, is I'll stick to the things I understand. So I've said, for example, I don't like NFTs, so I'm not overly bothered about learning about those but I realized that I'd missed the boat on a couple of plays last bull market, like things like Sandbox and other metaverse plays. And so because I didn't understand it, I've actually paid this mentor to teach me everything he knows. So I'm actually, I think the, the narratives I'm going to be focusing very heavily in the next, for the next bull run is metaverse and gaming coin. So metaverse, you, you can go on YouTube. It's beyond the scope of this podcast. You can go on YouTube and, you know, to your heart's delight, watch hours and hours of videos on it. As soon as you search Metaverse on YouTube, you're going to find loads of videos. Gaming coins, the biggest, I believe the biggest, um, the coins that will make the most money are play to earn coins. So these are companies that have got cryptocurrency games, which are really, really good. 
And I don't really play games. I, I, you know, my sons do, but I don't really have the time. But these games are basically going to blow up in countries like developing countries and third world countries. I don't mean any um, disrespect when I say places like Philippines, India and China, because this is what I've learned from this, the course I'm doing. But basically, people are paid to play. So when you've got countries where people, you know, are below the poverty line, but they've got access to the internet. Some of these people actually sit in these gaming rooms, just like in the UK, and they're playing on the game all the time. So if you've got a financial incentive, it's just a no-brainer. So this is what I believe, whether it turns out to be right or not, we'll see. So yeah, they're the make like the major narratives that I'm focusing on are metaverse gaming and DeFi Web 3.0. That's interesting. It's interesting. I think the, the key thing there is the, the psychology and the psychology and the cultures in each of the different countries, which you just mentioned, that means that there's more people going to be playing there. And if that's the that's the nature of it, that's the nature of it. There's an opportunity. So, yeah. And then like the final kind of narrative I've got my eye on, my fingers on, on it, but I'm still undecided is AI and AR. So artificial intelligence and artificial reality. So my opinion is is that the technology is not good enough for mass adoption yet so it's a narrative that can pump but i would be very cautious to get into brand new coins um some people out there just focus completely on ai but again whenever i've tried to kind of dip my toe in i've got a coin i looked into had massive potential i bought it and i'm like 50 percent in the red i only put 500 dollars into it but I will now wait. I'll probably stick stick like another hundred dollars in. So I've bought the dip. But what I'll do is I'll dollar cost average into that, so that by the time it goes back to where I got in, I'll be in profit. So like anything, these are the things that I teach, and you understand when you've been doing it a little while that even when you get into a position where you're in the red, as long as you believe you've done your research and the coin it isn't dead and never coming back, you can always get out of that position. But this is why I teach people to have a trade plan. And at the moment, we're laddering in and we've got a particular strategy of how we're buying certain coins on our watch list. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting that we've we've talked over them all. We've talked about the narratives, we've talked about NFTs, artificial intelligence, and um I think that's I think that is gonna be massive. Um and the AR as well. So the reality stuff, I think people are gonna be all over that. I think it's it's something of the future. Uh, and then also like the metaverse and gaming, I totally agree that there's certain things out there that are being developed right now. It seems to be all part of the same revolution. So thank you for, for coming along and being open and honest about various different things. I think I tend to agree about the NFTs because I've seen too many people get burnt. But again, it could be one of those that we just need, for me personally, I need to read more into it. But hopefully, listeners, you've you've got a lot from this. Uh, Alex has kindly done this for free. So he's coming along. Uh, yes, he's got a course, but if you'd like to find out more, Alex, um, you can you can contact Alex. In fact, Alex, you tell him how to contact you, uh, and I will certainly add on there a QR code at the end to make sure people yeah. can scan it and your details uh, at the bottom of podcasts or any social media. If anyone wants to know about my courses, you can check out my socials. Um, obviously, you've got at the Focus Mentor uh, is my Instagram. Gaz will have a link for my my. Um, Gaz will have a link for my calendar if anybody wants to jump on a strategy call and talk about my courses. But yeah, if you click on the link in the description, that'll give you all the information you need to know. But just basically remember, people, focus on the language and the narrative. So learn the language, 
and understanding narratives. That's the two biggest takeaways I can give you this week. That's amazing, mate. And thank you. Thank you again for doing this. Um, Welcome. Get, let's get let's get people on the right track. Uh, so thank you again for listening. Next episode is going to be out very soon. The next episode is going to be trade smart, not fast. So this is about how you trade. So stick with it. This is going to be uh, one of the big ones. We're getting into the, the meaty stuff now. So we've learned the bits about it. And now we're, we're going to get in, stuck into something really good. So stick with us. Right. Yes. Yeah, so guys, thanks very much for having me on your podcast. If any of your listeners would like to know more about doing one of my courses and learning about my mentorship packages, if they obviously use the QR code, okay, scan the QR code, that will take them to my video sales letter, where when they finish watching that, they can jump on a strategy call with me. Just make sure that you use the code GAZ100X and tell me that when we talk so that I know that you basically came through Gaz's podcast. And I will give anybody that announces that code that signs up with me 10% off my mentorship course. And I'll give an additional free one hour, one to one Zoom session. OK, so use the code GAZ100X. OK, thanks for your time. All the best.